screens. How will God speak to me? The first week that we preached on, will God speak to me? Can, he, can I really hear the voice of God? And we, we, we talked about all of that. And then last week, how to position ourselves. But I'm telling you, this week's my favorite week. Poke your neighbor and say this is going to be the best week. Because this week, we're going to tackle the subject, how will God speak to me? So we're on this series, Hearing God's Voice. So today's sermon title, you'll see it on the screen, How Will God Speak to Me? Poke your neighbor and say, how will God speak to you? So we know that he still speaks. We know why he wants to speak. We know how vitally important it is for us to hear the voice of God. We know how to position ourselves. We talked about that last week. If you missed the last two weeks, you should go back and listen to those. And you can do that on our Church Center app. You can go to our website. You can go to our Facebook page. It's all posted there. This week, let's talk about how does God speak to us. Acts 13 and 2, the Bible says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. Notice worshiping came first. The Holy Spirit said. Just say that with me. The Holy Spirit said. Poke your neighbor and say, the Holy Spirit is still speaking. Amen. Shout out, God still speaks. Yes. Set apart, he said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And what's interesting is one, one voice from God in Acts 13 2 changed everything. After Acts 13, 2, they went and planted churches at Colossus and Philippi and Corinth and all through the Bible. He wrote letters. Much of what you see in the New Testament occurred after God said, set them apart for the work which I've called them. One simple phrase from God, one obedience from the authority of the church sent them out and changed the whole New Testament, changed the world. Acts 17, 6. Those that turn the world upside down have come here too. This happened after the Holy Spirit spoke. Now, this wasn't the only time, but this was a pivotal moment in the church. This was a pivotal moment in Christianity and in the Bible. So I want to tell you that God will still speak to you today and will change the direction of your life, your family, everything in your generations to come. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord. For your word, thank you for your presence, God. Jesus, you do change everything. We speak Jesus over this service right now. And God, I just ask you to anoint me to speak forth your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. Let this seed fall in the good soil of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. Anoint me to speak it, Father. And I just pray, God, that you will speak to us today. Let us hear the voice of God within the message. In Jesus' name, speak where everybody's at and what everybody needs to hear. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. 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 Let's hold your Bibles up in whatever form you have and boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. High five somebody and tell them God's about to speak to you. Come on, high five somebody else and say God's about to speak to you. Yes. I may now make the most important statement out of this entire series that you will hear in one sentence, and it's going to be 
right on the screen. God does not need decision makers. He needs hearers. Let me say that again. God does not need decision makers. He needs hearers. Your ability to hear and follow the voice of God will determine the ultimate success in your life. God makes the decision. He just needs you to hear what he's already decided and do it. When the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas and for the work in which I have called them. It changed everything. God had already decided what he was going to do. It was up to them to hear the voice of God and then take what God said and move forward. If you want to have ultimate success in your marriage, hear the voice of God for your marriage. If you want to hear ultimate success in your family, hear the voice of God over your children. If you want to have ultimate success in your life, hear what God is saying. God does not, I want to say it again, poke your neighbor and say, God doesn't need you to make decisions. He needs you to hear his voice. I could close this right now and go home. That's a lifetime message in one sentence right there. If you cannot hear the voice of God, listen to me. You'll wander in the wilderness for 40 years and never get out of where you currently are. There are Jordan rivers that God wants us to cross, but we've got to hear the voice of God, be in tune to hearing the voice of God, to know the direction to go. That's part of the 21 days of prayer. We are seeking God to hear what is it you want us to do. Now, God speaks to us in seven primary ways, and I'm going to teach all seven to you here today. They're not necessarily in order, although I will say the first one probably trumps all the other one. Well, it does trump the other ones. But there's no particular order in the rest. So let's hit the first way that God speaks to you. Number one, the Bible. That's very simple. We talked about that last week. I want to just hit it for just a moment. The Holy Spirit will use a scripture verse or a scripture passage to highlight a principle of God's ways for your life. How many of you have ever picked the Bible up and read it and it was like the words jumped off the page into you and you knew that was the word you needed to hear? Can I see a a witness, a hand? How many of you know what I'm talking about? So you know exactly what I'm speaking. Many times the Bible reading for the day will do it. You read the Bible reading for the day if you read the plan in a year and many times it's a scripture you read that morning that will help you for later in the day whatever you're going to face. The Bible's a living book, folks. It's not just black and white on a page. There are so many times, countless times where I've been reading and I've read this thing 40 times, 50 times, 100 times. And for whatever reason, the next time it jumps off the page into my spirit. And I think, have I ever seen that before? How did I miss this? It's because that's what God was speaking to me at that moment for that time frame. God still speaks through his word. We need to fall in love with God's word. Reading God's word should not be a discipline. It should be a devotion. It should be a love for his word. So how do you, so, so how do you start hearing God's voice within the word? Start by reading your Bible. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Just start reading the Bible. Read the Bible with your heart wide open in communion and fellowship and prayer with God. Pray something like this. You'll see it on the screen. If you want to take your camera out and take a picture of it, go for it. Pray pray something like this before you read the Bible. Lord Jesus, what are you saying in your word about yourself? 
When's the last time you picked up the Bible to learn more about God rather than just a word you needed for your life? What a different perspective. How does this passage teach me, watch this, to love you and to love others more? How does this passage apply to me? It's a great prayer. Those are prayers God will answer. Here's two scriptures that I pray regularly. And, and if you want, you take your phone and just get these. Or you can go later online and look at it and, and write it down later. Psalm 119, 18. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Did you know you can read the Bible and miss what God's trying to say? Pray for God to open your eyes. In, in, in Luke chapter 24, 45, Jesus was speaking to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And here's what he said that applies to us today. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. I want to promise you that if you will pray before you read the Bible, God, open my mind to understand the scriptures. God will do that. You'll begin to understand the scriptures in a way you never have before. I hear people tell me sometimes, Pastor, I just don't understand what I'm reading. Pray that God open your mind to understand, and you will, I promise. God will do it. Someone shout amen. amen. So how do you get a personal word from God? Okay, God, I'm dealing with this. Well, you can read the Bible, but how do you know God is speaking to you within the scriptures? In other words, how do I know that what I read right there is what God is speaking to me through his word? Should we just plunk our finger down on the page, close our eyes, open it up and say, well, let's just randomly see where the page falls. Some people try it, but it doesn't always work out good. There's an old joke that goes around that one guy decided he was going to do that. So he closed his eyes. He flipped through the pages of the Bible, plunked his finger down, opened his eyes, and it said Judas went out and hanged himself. <laughs> he wasn't feeling very good about that. He thought, well, I'm going to give this another shot. <laughs> he closed his eyes, flipped a few pages, plunked his finger down. He opened his eyes, and it said, uh, what you do, go do quickly. He's really sweating bullets now. <laughs> he thought, I'm going to give it one more shot. Flipped a few pages with his eyes closed. Plunked his finger down. And it said, uh, when he opened his eyes, it said, go and do likewise. <laughs> he wasn't feeling very good about himself, right? Be careful with that method. True story. A man was down in his business and uh, went to a seminar with a colleague. They said, hey, we're going to go listen to this business guy. He's going to help you. He's going to tell you what he did. Well, the businessman got up there and he said, well... I didn't know what business to go into. He said, so I flipped through the pages, closed my eyes, put my finger down. When I opened up, it said cattle. He said, I went into cattle business, and everything went great. He said, a few years later, I was feeling a little dissatisfied with that, feeling like I needed to move on. He said, I closed my eyes, plunked my finger down, and it said oil. He said, I went in oil business. And he said, man, I've done really well. Well, this guy, down on his luck, thought, well, I guess I'll go home and give it a shot. Went home, closed his eyes, flipped through the pages of the Bible, poked his finger down, and it said chapter 11. <laughs> that means bankruptcy. Not very encouraging for a guy down on his luck. Amen? There's a better method. Psalm 119.89 says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. It stands firm when society has lost its mind. Your word stands firm when boys don't know if they're girls and girls don't know if they're boys. Your word stands firm when they try to shove all kinds of filth and nastiness down our throat in this country and around the world. 
Your word stands firm when the doctor says it don't look good. Your word stands firm when the children are out by the wayside and you're crying for them to come back to the Lord. Your word stands firm no matter what you face and deal with. Psalm 90 and 2 says that God is from everlasting to everlasting. He's never asleep at the wheel. He's never on vacation. He's never on the pot. He's never sleeping, taking a trip. He's never dealing with something else. He is eternal to eternal, always with you. You say, Pastor, I don't know about that saying God's on the pot. I saw some of you laughing. Elijah told the dudes on first, in 1 Kings 17, he said, hey, where is your God? Perhaps he's relieving himself, i.e. he's on the pot. <laughs> Our God's never in that situation. Somebody say amen. amen. You say, Pastor, I don't know about all this. We're real here, amen. This means if God spoke something, watch this, 3,000 years ago, it is still for us today. We can read a verse in the Bible written 4,000 years ago, and it is still the word of God for us today. God is still speaking to us today. However, we do need to take into account the historical and cultural time and era in which it was written. Because I'll tell you, the New Testament is our governing rule of law, period. That means if the Old Testament passage lines up with the New Testament, good, it's for us today. But if the Old Testament passage is in opposition to what the New Testament says, then we understand that was for that time, that day, that was pre-Jesus, that was for that era. Let me give you the simplest example. We don't go to a temple or synagogue and cut goat's throats and kill cattle and bulls anymore to wash our sin away. Why? Because the book of Hebrews says there's a better sacrifice. There's a sacrifice now that you don't need bulls and goats and things that God tolerated in the Old Testament because he knew Jesus was coming. Now, all we got to do is cry out to Jesus Christ and say, oh, Lord, let the blood that was shed on Calvary 2,000 years ago be applied to my life now. Wash my sin away. Make me whole. Make me pure. Glory to God. That is our governing rule of law. That's why we don't do animal sacrifice. We don't have to. There was one sacrifice sacrifice through the man Christ Jesus, also fully God, who washed our sin away. Woo! That's the greatest example I can give you there. So God can and will speak to you through his word. Here's some practical tips for hearing God's word. Read in a logical place in the Bible. It's perfectly fine to have a daily reading plan and simply continue reading that plan every day. God will speak to you. However, if you need a specific word from God for a specific issue you're dealing with, ask him specifically to speak to you through his word. And then watch this. At that point, maybe a scripture will come into your heart. Maybe a passage will come into your heart. Maybe a book you'll feel led to go, I need to read this. And it'll be exactly what you need because God's directing you to that place. Here you go, look on the screen. Ask the Lord in prayer. God, what do you want me to see? Is your word for me here? When the Lord dealt with me, when I was, Holly and I were youth pastors for five years, and when the Lord started stirring me to pastor, I thought, well, you got the wrong guy now. That ain't me. And I just, I fought this thing. Went 40 days fasting, different types of things, not food the whole time, but just different things and 
And in that time, I, I just I felt like, man, this is what God is saying to do. Well, my pastor I worked for was a very hard man. He was not a loving, kind guy at all. And, uh, and he put out, we were teaching at the school. They had a Christian school. I taught in the school. Holly taught in the school. We were youth pastors. We lived in the parsonage next door. I.e., I knew this guy had fired people before. I got two little kids. We live in the church property. We're paid. All of our money is paid from the school and the church. I don't need this guy to fire me, if you know what I mean. So he put out these little things. Will you come back to teach next year? And I checked. I don't know. Oh, man, you talk about a rebuke from God. I checked. I don't know. There was yes, I don't know, and no. I checked. I don't know. And immediately the Lord said, you liar. You know you're not coming back. Now, when God tells you you're a liar, that ain't good. I said, but Lord, he'll fire me immediately. God said, 1 Samuel 16, 2. I didn't even know what it was. I went there, 1 Samuel 16, 1. God said, I'm done with Saul. Samuel, go anoint David as king. We know that part of it. What I didn't know was verse 2. Samuel said, how can I do this, Saul? If he hears about it, he'll kill me. God didn't even answer him. God said, now when you get there, take a heifer, get Jesse and the boys, and we're going to have a sacrifice. It's like God just ignored him. And then when I saw that, it, I was in the same thing. I thought, well, if I, if I, I'll tell you why I lied. Because if I check, no, I don't know or no, he's going to fire me. Where am I going to go then, Lord? And when I read that scripture, God said to me, now who are you going to fear more? What you think that man can do to you or disobeying what I'm telling you to do? I said, well, Lord, since you put it that way. <laughs> I scribbled it out. Well, long story short, I did get fired. I got fired on a Thursday. Tuesday, I got almost 100% vote to go pastor my first church. And I got in there, and I, I, it was just a God thing. It was a total God thing. It really was. It just... I got, I, I literally, the same day I got fired, the same day the overseer said, go to a little town called Bremen. I said, I don't know where Bremen is. He said, I'll just go I-20 West, get off exit 11, go down to the train tracks, make a right, you'll see it on the right. That was my directions. Here, me and Holly load up our two little kids. We go down that way. Based on what God's told me and what he spoke to me in the scriptures, and on, the, on that next Tuesday, we, they got hired us in as pastor, and we, it, within less than a week, that's just the total God thing that doesn't happen. I want to tell you something. God still speaks. Amen. And I remember getting so mad and saying, God, he fired me, fired me, fired me. Finally, one day, I guess God had enough of it, and he just spoke to me. I was praying around the sanctuary. He said, well, it's your fault. I said, how is it my fault? He said, because you weren't going to listen to me and leave when I told you. You were going to demand to wait until the summer. But the problem was the church I wanted you at was open now in March and not in the summer. So I used him to get you where I wanted you to be. So then I went from really mad at that man to thinking, God, he was a tool in the hands of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. <laughs> Point number two, God will speak to you through an inward witness. That's the stop and the go of the cloud in the desert. You don't move until the cloud moves. That was a, this is what I was waiting on for years with us being, I'm waiting to hear God say, that's where you're supposed to go. And until then, we just stay put. 
Most of the time, listen, all you need is a yes or a no from God. I want you to poke your neighbor. All you need is a yes or a no. Watch this. Do I buy this building? Do I marry this person? Do I take this opportunity, Lord? And those are questions we need to pray. What if, what if you could get a simple yes or no from God about every question you had? You can. Well, I didn't get a big yes or amen on that. <laughs> what if you could get a yes or a no from God on every question you have to answer? You can. You say, well, he's silent. Then you don't do anything. Romans 8, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. You make a decision. Watch this. If you have peace, it's a yes. If you get an anxious cross in your spirit, it's a no. Let me define that for you. Remember last week, Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, right? Let him call the balls and strikes. Watch this. Look at the screen. His yes to your question is internal peace. His no to your question is an internal pause. If you don't sense peace about something, don't move forward. Take your cameras out and get a picture of that. If you get a cross in your spirit about someone or something, hold off. That's the inward witness telling you right now is not the time. It may be a yes, just not right now. The timing of God is everything. I'm teaching you something here. I'm telling you, this can save you years of frustration if you will apply this, and I will apply this to our lives. Someone shout amen to that. Outwardly, it may be an obvious yes, but inwardly, it's a no. And you think, well, it sounds right here, but my inward witness is telling me, no, I just don't feel right about this. Don't ever violate that. Your witness on things. You may need to pray about a question for a long time and let that inward witness get stronger and get clearer in you, particularly things like where, who to marry, where to go, where do you join yourself into, into church, where, who, what body do you belong to, those kind of things. Look for the green light of peace. Did you know that outwardly it can be everything in your head's telling you this is not good, but inwardly you got such peace, you're like, man, God's got this. I don't understand it here, but I know God's put it in me here to do it. We're going to do it. Glory to God. God speaks to you through the inward witness more than you realize. Thirdly, here's the one that we all feel like, oh, this is the big one. This is the, this is the booming Charlton Heston voice from God that you can't mistake. And that is the inward voice. Number three, everybody say inward voice. Now, we love these things. This is Philip in the desert. Rise up, get up, go to the road south from Jerusalem to Gaza. I got to work for you there. This is Peter on the housetop. Rise, kill and eat. This is the voice out of the cloud. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Boy, we love those inward voice moments. They're wonderful. Out of nowhere, a phrase or a sentence will just come right out of the blue. Boom, and it'll hit you. Are you whoa? I'm talking about out of the blue, that inward voice will say a short phrase or something that you know wasn't in your head. I have a few. Listen, God hasn't given me the inward voice a lot in my life. Mostly the inward witness. But I've had some inward voice experiences. Boom, sitting there studying accounting one night at the table where Holly lived. And God spoke and said, that's your wife. 
I asked her out that night. 28 years of marriage later, she gets all of this. Oh, yeah. Woo. She's lucky girl, ain't she? I know. Here's another one. She's cooking dinner. I'm 18 credits at school. God has got me so dissatisfied with what, what direction we're going. We're about to college, graduate, don't know what to do. And the Lord, inward voice, I want you to go to youth ministry. Excuse me? Wasn't in my mind. Here's another one, just driving on vacation to Ohio, and the inward voice hit me at cutting the hill. This is a city of significance for you. I want to tell you they're wonderful moments. As a matter of fact, those inward voice moments, they are moments that are turning point moments in your life. You can write them down. You'll never forget them. You won't know if sometimes they're outward voice, inward voice. You just know God spoke. You never question the sentence you heard inside the voice of God was the voice of God. You know that you know you heard God speak. You can hang your hat on it. Now, this does not happen every day. Here's the mistake we make in the church. We open the Bible. We see, well, God spoke to Elijah and Elisha and Isaiah and Jeremiah. And we feel like that God's using that inward voice every day of their life. You've got to understand, some of those men, 60 years have walked this earth. And you only read four or five times the inward voice spoke to them. I've not heard dozens of times. Just a few. But boy, when you hear it. You know you've heard it. How many know what I'm talking about? How many have ever heard the inward voice of God? God will speak to you like this. Here's another way God will speak to you. Number four, dreams, visions, and revelations. In Acts chapter 16, Paul's dream at Troas. The Holy Spirit spoke and said, don't go this way. Then the Holy Spirit forbid him this way. Perhaps inward witness. Perhaps it's like, hey, we're going to go this way. Yeah, no, that's not right. Maybe the second time, we're going to go this way. Maybe he heard the inward voice. No, do not go that way. So he thinks, well, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of tired. Let's go to bed. He lies down to go to sleep, and the Lord speaks to him in a dream. A man from Macedonia is saying, come help me. He gets up in the morning and thinks, well, I ain't a smart guy. But God said, no, no, gave me a dream. I feel good about it. Let's go that way. I feel peace. Boys, we're going to Macedonia. How do you know we're supposed to go to Macedonia? I had a dream last night. Guy said, come help. We're going to help. Somebody shout amen. amen. God will do that. How did the spirit prohibit him? I don't know. Inward witness, inward whatever, but God spoke. I've had dreams from God. I had a dream early on in our ministry in the last church, and there was tornadoes, and there were several of them, and they got all around the church, and we were inside the church, and I remember there was no harm done inside the church, and then the storm was over, and I looked out, and there were people everywhere, the sun was shining, and everyone was happy, and I didn't understand dreams back then, like I understand them better now, that tornadoes was basically storms coming against the church, and boy, did we have them, one after the other after the other. And when it was all said and done, it had no effect on the church. The church grew. Things were great. I also had another dream one time that a big snake was getting in my face. And it wasn't that I was afraid it was going to bite me. It was a big, huge, daunting, black, dark, vicious kind of snake. And it kept getting in my face. And everywhere I turned, it got in my face. And I woke up and I prayed for several days. God, give me the interpretation. And it was, you have a staff member clouding the vision of God. And it was revealed who it was. And of course, they were out to church. But it was God speaking to me what the problem was. My vision was, I couldn't see. I couldn't hear from God. And man, when that person was out, 
all of a sudden the heavens opened and I could see again. You have probably had God speak to you more ways through dreams and visions and revelations than you realize. You just thought it was bad pizza. <laughs> Hear me. If you have a dream from God, you, number one, you'll know it. Number two, you won't be able to forget it. it it'll stay with you. How many ever had a dream from God? And you know what I'm talking about. It just stayed with you. Listen to me. Very important. When you have a dream from God and you know it's from God. I've gotten to where now when I wake up, I know if it was bad pizza the night before or if it was really from God. Get you a notepad and write down things like, how did you feel in the dream? Did you fear? Did you, were you happy? Was there peace? Did you, what were colors involved? Colors means, were there animals involved? What, what was involved in those dreams? Document what it is because it's God trying to speak something to you. The fifth way that God will speak to us, again, no orders, just, just want to give them to you. A prophetic word. Everybody shout prophetic word. Amen. Remember, a prophetic word is always confirmational. It should not be new information. Acts 21, 10 through 11, watch this. As we were staying there for some days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And he came to us and took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said... This is what the Holy Spirit says. See, he's still speaking. Years later in Acts 21. In this way, the Jews in Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and hand him over to the Gentiles. If you read the rest of it, Paul says, yeah, everybody's telling me that everywhere I go. I'm not worried about it. God will speak to you just as he will to the prophet. But it should not be information. It should, watch this, confirm what God's already put in your spirit. There have been things that God has spoken to me, and I thought, is that really God? Did I really hear the voice of God? I'll give you an example. It was late February, I guess it was, when the Lord spoke to me and said, you'll be in your own building Easter Sunday. And I thought, ooh, is that God? No. So I didn't say anything for a while. And I just prayed. You know what? When God speaks to you something, watch this, and I've sat on it and prayed about it, and then I've had somebody come and tell me exactly what God said without them knowing what God said. And God used them to confirm to me. How many know what I'm talking about? Has God ever done that with you? God has spoken prophetic words to you so many times you may not even realize it at the time. Number six, God will speak to you through spiritual authority. Everybody shout spiritual authority. I know this is going to be the doozy of them. Nobody wants to hear this one. Acts 15, 28. Watch what it says. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to... That's the leaders of the church. You read that chapter, that's the leaders of the church, the authority. God has used spiritual authority in my life when I didn't have enough sense to know what to do. And God still does. When people go through trauma, they, they lose their perspective. They get confused. Hebrews 13, 17, watch what it says. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. God will speak through pastors. He'll speak through parents. Whoa. God uses authority in our lives. Honor your parents. Sometimes they see things in our lives that we don't see. Often God will use a parent to bring guidance to our lives. God will use pastors that maybe can bring an, a, a simple answer to a complicated situation. When I told my pastor... That I was called in the ministry against Holly's better wishes at the time. And deservedly so. I wasn't exactly the poster child for holiness. 
He immediately confirmed it. He immediately had me up on stage. He immediately said, yes, God has called this couple. Yes, we're going to send them out. God is going to send them out. Yes, God is in this. He had the whole church pray for us. God used confirmation from my pastor to send us out in the ministry. Is that a good thing? Somebody say yes. There's no doubt God has spoken to you through authority countless times in your life. But have you listened? And then number seven. God will speak through your spouse. Whoa. Now we're on dangerous ground. Folks, Pilate should have listened to his wife. Gentlemen, your wife possesses a keen sense of discernment that you better listen to. Dave Ramsey says, never hire a key employee without your wife meeting them first and signing off on it. I did that one time. She said, oh, I don't feel good about this person. I said, oh, it may be all right. It would be fine. And I hired that person, and it came back to bite me. And yes, at the end, I heard, I told you. So now if I go into hiring somebody or thinking about hiring somebody, the first person I go to is Holly and say, what do you think? And she says, I don't know. That's it. It's out of my mind. Make sure your husband or your wife, if you're married, is in agreement. Listen, they are a gift to you. They're not trying to stop what God is doing. They're trying to, God is using them to bring you into what God wants to be done. I I love it. I have a Holy Spirit and a Holly Spirit. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. If you didn't marry a Holly, I can't help you. I I got a Holy Spirit and a Holly Spirit. Praise God. If you're married, listen. God does speak through your spouse. He will speak through your spouse. And he will continue to do it. You're one flesh. Listen, I do this in premarital counseling. God will never make a decision that the two of you are at odds. That's not God. You are one flesh in the sight of God. What he speaks to one, he's going to confirm to the other and vice versa. You are one person in the eyes of God. If you're married, you are one. Why would God tell you one thing and you the other? He ain't going to do that. You need to be on the same page. And if you're not, stop what you're doing. Go back to praying and fasting until you get into one. Somebody say amen. This is a good preaching today. Finally, get get yourself a a safety net. You know, what does a safety net do? If you fall off the... they, They started... Safety net started with the Golden Gate Bridge. People were falling off building the Golden Gate Bridge, falling in the harbor and dying. So they decided to create safety nets. So if somebody fell off the bridge, they'd hit the safety net and they wouldn't die. You know, there's safety nets for hearing the voice of God. Prayer and fasting regularly. You should have a weekly fast, a monthly fast, a a yearly fast. You should fast and pray. Am I really hearing the voice of God clearly? Have daily Bible reading. Go present it to an eldership circle. Those that are over you in the Lord. Those that God's put around you to give you good godly counsel. I'm not talking about like the one king Rehoboth that got his buddies and they said, oh, do this. I'm talking about real counsel. I want to tell you something. I've never made a decision in this church that the elders of our church thought, well, I don't think it's pastor. I ain't, God ain't in this. Well, I'm the pastor. We're going to do it anyways. Never. As a matter of fact, you ask our elders right now. They know from day one it's still on the table. The day that you all walk in and say, Pastor, we feel like your time is done. We're calling the overseer. And he confirms, I will leave on my own in good spirits. 
I believe God speaks through counsel. Through the multitude of counsel, there is wisdom. God has given us wonderful elders that pray and seek God and they help. We, we work with one another and I, I, God speaks through them so many times to me. Sometimes I present stuff and just say, well, what's God speaking to you? Because this is kind of what I feel. Let's pray about it a month. And we do. And I say, well, pastor, we feel good about it. I say, okay. I know we must be hearing from God. Is that okay to still do that? There's no big eyes and little U's. We all need one another and there's safety in the multitude of counsel. If all your closest people are telling you with skull and crossbones, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, they're not the Antichrist. I got news for you. Don't do it. God's put them there to tell you don't do that. Someone say amen. Honor your spouse. You are one move as one. Don't ever go beyond the inward witness. If you have not heard what to do from God, don't do it. If you don't have light on a subject or decision, don't do it. Don't ever buy a house. Don't ever buy a property. Don't ever get married. Don't ever do anything significant until you know God is leading. Pastor Robert Morris tells the story of him and Debbie. We're going to buy a house. And he said, Debbie, I just don't have peace about it. I just feel like we need to walk away. They'd given earnest money and everything. They called up, said, you can have our earnest money. I just feel like God said, don't do it. He said, so help me. It wasn't a month later. He said the news when they had drastic floods in Dallas, Texas. He said a month later, he said, Debbie says, turn the news on. They looked, and the house they were going to buy is floating down the river. Good thing the Lord said, don't do it. The lesson could save you millions of dollars. Let me close with this story. Pastor Larry Stockstill, who is just as high as it gets in my book, he told on himself, if pastors you, he said, you better hear from God and don't just jump on stuff. He said, we had a radio station close to our church. They wanted to sell it to us for a song and a dance. He said, I stand before you admittedly, shamedly, and tell you we didn't pray an ounce about it. We just thought, well, we got the money. This will be great. We're going to do sermons on the radio. We're going to do blogs. Man, we're going to use this radio station. He said they bought it, and they never prayed one time about it. He said that thing caused him so many problems. It was problem after problem after problem. He said they finally got rid of it. Listen, the church lost a million dollars in the deal. And he said the tragic thing was they could never, they went back and researched it. They could never track that one person, not even one, got saved as a result. It wasted their time, energy, and money. It's the same thing with Joshua. Didn't pray about the Gideonites. Listen, we need to pray. Would you like to hear from God today? If there's a series I've ever done that I would tell you to listen to over and over and over, it is this one. How many of you have had defining moments where God spoke to you and it changed the whole course and direction of your life for the good? I I just want a little light music. You could put Spotify on. I just want you right where you're at. Would you just, would you just bow your head? Close your eyes. And I just want you to begin to pray right now and just say, God, speak to me. I want you to, I want you to think of a plan. How are, how are you going to schedule the appointment time that we talked about last week to hear from God? Perhaps you've been trying to do something and everybody you talk to is giving you wise counsel and 
In fact, I think, thank you, Lord, I feel that. There's somebody in here, and you've been fighting what God is telling you. Well, then people just don't understand me. They don't understand my situation. God has surrounded the closest people around you. They keep, they're all telling you the same thing. That's God telling you, please don't do this. Don't violate what God is saying. Perhaps you're in here and you say, I don't even forget a passage in the Bible. I don't, man, I touch my Bible on Sunday morning. That's it. Get in the word of God. How will you expect to hear from God if you're not in his word? Just right where you're at. If you want to kneel down and put your elbows on the chair, if you want to, whatever you want to do, whatever prayer posture you would like, you could come to the front if you want. I don't care, but I just want you just to pause. This felt like the Lord wanted, wanted us to pause right now and just, just pray. Just say, God, speak to me. I've given you seven ways that God will speak to you. Test the spirits. With every head bowed and every eye closed, is there anybody in here who say, Pastor, I don't even... Man, I this church thing, I'm here, but... I'm not a Christian. I've never accepted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Or maybe I did years ago, but I certainly have not, not been living or certainly not walking with him to hear from him. But I, I want to get right with God. I want my sin washed away. I want to be in a place where I can hear him. If that's you, when I count to three, I want you to slip your hand in. Somebody's going to come pray with you. I'm not going to ask you to come down, but I'll ask you to stay right there. Just hold your hand up high, and somebody's going to come pray with you. And when they're done praying and you're done praying, your sins are going to be washed away. Your name is going to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you're going to be a child of God. So when I count to three, I don't want you to be embarrassed. I don't want you to be worried about what somebody's thinking. This is you and God. This is your eternity right now. One, two, three. Raise your hand up if that's you.